Hello and welcome to the Hoop Troop Podcast. My name is Matt O'Connor and join me as they will on all of our episodes are my cousin Luke Drobner and my brother Mike O'Connor. What is happening? And today, for the first time ever, it is with great pleasure to introduce a good friend and the first ever guest on the Hoop Troop Podcast. Though I'll never admit it, this guest is probably one of the funniest people I know. And when he isn't doing some sort of film writing or editing, uh, he can be reliably cheering for the Lakers as a bandwagon fan. So without further ado, it's an honor to introduce you all to Mark Pump of Carpet Emporium fame. Mark, welcome to the podcast. You're introducing me in the worst way possible, like across <laughs> well, several facets, tying this to my place of employment so I can get fired within five minutes. And then also getting lead-ins where it's like calling someone funny. I, it, thank you. That's very kind of you to say. It sets too high of an expectation. I've set you up to fail intentionally. So if you <laughs> yeah. don't make, if you make fun of me and it's not funny, then it backfires right. and you're a huge loser. Also, Luke, I'm, I, I take it you edit these? Yeah, I do. So I cracked hard right when I started. I came in with a hot with a voice crack. <laughs> I would be surprised if I didn't peak the audio levels. But my first request, thanks for having me on guys. My first request is you, you, take, that, you take that crack right out. Yeah, I'll try and remove it. <laughs> don't, it stays. <laughs> Might be too big a crack, but thanks. Cemented we'll, in here forever. We'll have to try to get that out. But I think it's fair to mention that it's the day of firsts for the podcast. We, we Our first guest, obviously, Mark Pump. It's also the first time that we're also Zooming on mute to see each other. <laughs> Adding another dimension to the, the, to the day. And um, seeing Mark's new buzz cut as well has been... Thank you. Revelatory. Jarring. Truly Jarring. Jarring. Microsoft Teams because they have a feature where you can raise your hand and talk. But do that. That's true. Shut yeah. him well, up. That's, no, well, that's okay. Hold on. Regarding this buzz cut, so Luke, you and I have never seen each other before. I came in hot with this buzz cut. What do you think, man? Because the I other two are biased, especially me. Not bad. I think. Uh, Thank you very much. I think children will run in the other direction. To be honest, but is that a bad thing for you, Matt? Would you prefer the children? <laughs> that's actually. To run children? <laughs> I'm not trying to attract kids with my hair, so it's, if they go oh, the opposite God. way, it's okay. <laughs> you know um, what? All right, we're getting off topic. Sure. Mark, we brought you on because you are probably the only Lakers fan I know who was willing to talk to me and be my friend. Of course. And so what happened since the last time we recorded our podcast is that the Lakers have clinched uh, the number one seed in the Western Conference. So congrats, Mark, on that. But Thanks. to be honest, good at all. they've kind of looked like garbage. And I, I am not that confident. I was confident earlier in the year before the, the break that they would be our, our champion for the NBA as a whole, not even just the Western Conference. Mark, watching their first five games or so, what is your impression of them? What do you think is going to happen? Uh, I don't feel confident in the slightest. Yeah, they've just looked like really slow. I mean, last night they lost to the Rockets, and uh, which is fine uh, because the Rockets are really good right now. Obviously, like a huge Western Conference competitor, but and LeBron didn't play, so that's fine. But. Um, <laughs> Especially also, and I know we'll talk about the Blazers later, but with them surging to the eighth seed, that's a horrible matchup for the Lakers. Like a one for that's the worst possible matchup for them in round one. Yeah, I don't feel good at all. The rotation they have no good perimeter defenders with uh, Bradley out, and uh, they don't have not that Rondo's an amazing defender still because he's old and washed, but like they're really they don't have any depth at uh, either guard position, so it's. Yeah, I uh, I don't think they should be regarded as the favorites to even come out of the West, let alone win the title. I uh, I don't feel good about them at all. I don't like the <laughs> I, I I don't I don't think they have anybody to replace LeBron, 
And when LeBron comes out, they look lost. And well, I think that's the thing. Like yesterday really showed that when they were playing the Rockets. We're also recording this Friday afternoon, five o'clock Eastern. So uh, if anything happens after this point, we're not that stupid. Um, we're just early. Anyway, so this happened Thursday night. The, the Lakers got crushed by the Rockets and LeBron and Westbrook didn't play. So you would have figured it was fairly even with Anthony Davis and James Harden leading those two teams, but it just wasn't. But Luke, exactly what you're saying, they just don't look good without LeBron. No one is really running any offense and they just stagnate. And I expected it to come from Waiters. I think Waiters is a good player. And like I would I would like to see him move the ball more rather than just score, but he hasn't really moved the ball. He's come in, he's taken shots, and he's like, eh, so I mean, that's the thing. Someone has to do something, and no one wants to. Like, even Anthony Davis yesterday only had 17 points and 12 rebounds against, like, a tiny Rockets team. That just – it doesn't make sense. Like, he needs to be able to step up more, and maybe he will. Maybe it's like these games don't matter. We're already the one seed, whatever. But I don't necessarily see that, and I would like to at least see someone else really showing more of a sense of urgency because they do look like crap. I still think, though, and we can keep talking about the Lakers. I won't go on a Rockets tangent, but – the Rockets are handling big men pretty well. Like they, they shockingly, uh, they stopped Giannis mm-hmm. on those two critical ones down down the the stretch when they played the Bucks. Um, I think the speed and scrappiness actually has an uh, a potential advantage against power forwards and centers who are a little bit slower. Um, even Anthony Davis. So I think there's something to be said about that in yesterday's matchup. Why Anthony Davis had an off game? Uh, still like a serious double double. I mean, I think it's it's worth noting, too, that, you know, it, say that is true. Say that they are just kind of taking out big men. The Lakers didn't do themselves any favors. They shot 10.5% from three last night. So, yeah, they shot, in general, so poorly from beyond but the that's, bubble. But that's the thing. that like yeah. I looked at that, and I was like, oh, my God, that was egregious. But then I was looking back at the first, and granted, it's a small sample size. I know that. But looking at their first five games back in the restart, they're still only shooting 23% from three and 41% from the field. They're not... Shooting the ball well at all. They look terrible. And like, yeah, yeah, all right, they've beaten two good teams. And I'm saying I'll air quote good for the Jazz. They beat the Clippers, which counts. But then they lost. Like they've had some bad losses when you look at their losses. They've so obviously they beat the Clippers. They got crushed by the Raptors and looked terrible. Then they beat the Jazz. They didn't get crushed by the Raptors. It was close for a little bit. Like all right. But by the end, by the end, end, it was ugly. Yeah. but that's fine. How about the how about the Thunder and Rockets games? Neither of them were particularly good games. Uh, yeah, both of those are large red flags. I mean, like, yeah, they shot the ball super poorly. I do think this is like the time every year with LeBron where it's like right before the playoffs and everyone starts doubting him and say that he's going to get bounced in the first round. And he does kind of coast historically in this part of the season. And also like with like the Clippers game and also with Anthony Davis against the Jazz where he was pissed off about his previous game and then like went out and dropped like 42. I do think it's just sort of like if LeBron and Anthony Davis at, like for these remaining bubble games are like ex- extremely motivated. I think that has a big impact. I'm surprised Davis sucked so much last night though with like LeBron up before. You'd think that they were just like feed him. He's really good. Yeah, right. You'd think they would feed him. But instead he just sucked. But also now, to your point, but- Luke, about Dion, like they do need Dion, and that's just so disheartening. If he gets the ball, he's he's shooting it every single time. He's never passing it, and when it goes in, great. But they need a they need a Rondo. They need a Avery Bradley. They just need someone to move the ball, and you know they don't have that when LeBron's off. So no, and the the other thing is that you want to hope that 
Kuzma or someone young is just going to take over and try and do a little bit more of that, but they just don't. Anyone coming off the bench, they're just looking to score. That's all they want to do. When so, Kuzma isn't as bad as people. He's he's had he's had an okay bubble, Kuzma, like defensively and just shooting the ball. Like he's been better. He still sucks, and maybe that's telling that like during the bubble, <laughs> this is me going guys actually improved. Like what yeah, you've seen see, this past week is like a vast improvement over what Kuzma normally does. But yeah, I mean as a third op, like. He's not good. It could be worse. Also, Danny Danny Green not shooting well is another thing. Just he goes cold. Yeah. Right, and that's like that's going to be a huge issue if pretty much the only reliable three point option LeBron has isn't on in the playoffs, or at least doesn't turn it on early. They could be in trouble, like you said. If they face Portland, like they, it could be tough. I'm less concerned about them not shooting the ball well. It's more about getting respect out on those shooters. As long as you get LeBron space, as long as people continue to respect Danny Green, it won't be a problem. But as soon as people start playing off Danny Green, they're like, oh, he's shooting 20%, and they change how they play the Lakers defensively, that's when it'll cause a problem. Right. And I and I think that's the thing. They probably don't care right now. Like, I, I know we were saying, like, yeah, if LeBron and Anthony Davis want to turn it on, they can. And I think that's there's absolutely truth to that. And I think the other thing that, Really, the whole season we've all been kind of saying is that they didn't really run the two their two man pick and roll very much, and I think they're just saving that for the playoffs, and that's truly going to yeah. be what their offense is. Because I don't know how you stop it. I don't think you can stop it. So even if they do have a little trouble and they don't turn it on, they don't necessarily find that secondary you know ball handler. Do they need it? Do they really need it? I don't think so. I mean, like the pick and roll, it's funny that they, I like that they're saving it as if people will not be expecting a pick and roll, like <laughs> as if it's like this secret, like no one's ever seen this play before. Like, it's very funny to me that it's like, we can't use it now. Uh, otherwise people might think that, you know, we run the most common play in basketball. I, I know, but it's really going to work. It's gonna I, be... It is going to work. I don't know how you defend it. I think yeah. no, exactly. it's, it's more that, and it's happening in the bubble. I don't know if you guys have noticed it in the past couple of days, because maybe three days ago, I was watching every single game because I was really into it but now that the east is obviously set and lebron clinched the number one seed and there's a little bit of movement in the middle of the west the exciting games are the ones where damian lillard is fighting for his life and the suns are trying to make a splash so it's hard if i'm already not interested in watching the lakers rockets because i know that the lakers are gonna not move it's going to be hard to have LeBron be interested, which is crazy to say. I'm sure he does. He wants to avoid a Ben Simmons. You know, he doesn't want to dislocate right. his knee out of nowhere. So I have a feeling the Lakers are going to have a weird five games into the playoffs. Everyone's going to be talking about how they're all out of sorts, even though Luke mentioned it in our last pod. LeBron turns it on where he's dropping 42 a night at some point, and it's going to start happening, and then everyone's going to be – yeah, he'll put the league on notice at some point. Same with Anthony and, Davis. So yeah, yeah, like watching the like like LeBron. I mean, his scoring is way down in the bubble, but he's not taking. He's just passing. Like he's he's just really passive on the floor. So yes. like, I'm not that concerned because he does turn it on every year. But it's I mean, he's 35, and we we're gonna say this every year until he retires or really declines. But it's just, one of the years he is gonna fall off, and one of the years he won't be able to turn it back on. Mm-hmm. And it's like I just now that they have like a really good shot. Or at least in March, you know, they had a really, they had all the momentum in the world and a really good shot to win the, like everything. Um, uh, I mean, one of these years, LeBron is going to fall off. I'm just like fingers crossed that it's not know. this one. It's not. Yeah, or that. Yeah, anytime. It, 
Right. Right. Or if it's just if he if AD, if he or AD get injured in any way whatsoever during any point it's in the playoffs, over. they're done. They're toast. Just they're done. They're done. If like even if they only have to miss like a series or something or two series. And that's kind of the, the fear with COVID too. You never know. And I think that's one thing NBA sure. is trying to look into is like how long, you know, if one of our stars gets it, how long do they really have to sit out? And so uh, we'll see. Hopefully we don't see that. But but the bubble's been really good. You, you keep sending posts back and forth about how there's been no reported cases for like a month now. So they're clean. Yeah. Hopefully. Really Although job. Lou Will is about to be <laughs> exposed yeah. to everyone Unleashed. again. So Magic yeah, exactly. Let's go. I know. So, Mark, Mark, now that you've gotten yeah, your man. Lakers fix, you're more than right. welcome to stick around if you want. But I do think this is a good point to kind of transition to look at who they're probably going to have to play in the first round in the Western Conference playoffs. Uh, the race for eighth is heating up. We're about ha- There's honestly been, I think, four games for every single one of those teams fighting for the eighth spot. And it's kind of shaping up of who we're probably going to see. Mark, you're welcome to stick around and discuss this if you want. Or you can I'll stick. I'll stick around for this race for the eighth. Yeah, right, cool. It's a race for who is going to bounce the Lakers in round one. All right. So to set the scene, again, we're recording this at 545. So today the Spurs actually beat the Jazz and have kind of changed their position a little bit. Right now, the way everything stands is the Grizzlies are currently in eighth. They're a half game up on Portland, who is then, I, I believe now that I'm looking at this, one game up on the Spurs, one and a half game up on the Suns. And then the Kings and Pelicans are both two games back from Portland in nine. Let's keep in mind that Oklahoma City is half a game behind Houston at four, and they're losing to the Grizzlies. No, actually, the Thunder, I'm looking now, the Thunder are up 73 to 86. It's the middle of the third quarter. No, Memphis is up. Oh, God, it's 73 to 86. Can we cut that? (laughs) I'll strike a deal with Mark. We'll probably see the Rockets firmly in four and the Grizzlies get a game up on the Blazers. Right. Probably. I, Interesting. I, I'm still unclear on who's winning that basketball game that Matthew just mentioned. The, yeah, can you say that again? The the Grizzlies <laughs> are, are winning. The Grizzlies are up. I'm just dumb and can't read. <laughs> and who are the Grizzlies uh, playing right now? The Thunder. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Right. So – Let's this would be huge. Yeah, the Grizzlies haven't won yet. And that's kind of why I was, honestly, most of my notes going into this were that the Grizzlies have to play the Thunder now, then the Raptors, Celtics, and Bucks. And realistically, they could have <laughs> lost every single one of those games. Like, I wouldn't have been surprised if they went 0-8 in the restart, but it looks like they're going to get a win. Which Thank God. Which honestly might be enough to at least keep them into the play-in. Because if they're, right now, say... They're a game and a half up on the Spurs, two games up on the Suns. They would have to go one and three then for any of them to realistically vault them. They would, assuming they all go undefeated, then they would jump them. But this might be enough to keep them in nine, just winning this game alone. Yeah, plus the Bucks already clinching the one in the East or the best record in the East. Like, um, who knows if Giannis will play the full game or how much they'll rest like him and Middleton in the starters. And I think that can be said for the Raptors-Celtics games as well there, because the East is pretty much solid now. Like, I don't think there's going to be much change, maybe at the bottom with the Nets and the Magic, but that doesn't really matter. And maybe the Sixers throw something together with Justin Bead, but I don't... The Sixers should stay at six. If the Sixers move up to five, they play the Heat. Right. Yeah. It'll be terrible for them. There's no, like, I can't see the Sixers beating the Heat in a seven-game series. Right. The Heat play so many different types of defensive schemes and they're so good at playing zone defense it's just like i can't 
I can't see the Sixers out shooting the zone. So right. And I think that we're going to get to that a little bit because obviously talking about the Ben Simmons injury, I think we have to look at, you know, the Sixers future. But for now, looking at the bottom of the eighth here or the bottom of the West, who realistically, because I think as of now, it probably stands to reason that the Blazers will probably vault the Grizzlies and, and land an eighth. Does anyone necessarily see an alternative to that? Do you, Does anyone think the Grizzlies hold on or someone else climbs? What's Portland's remaining schedule? The Blazers. Portland has to... They have to play the Clippers, the Sixers, the Mavericks, and the Nets. Oh, okay. I mean, they could win two of those games easy. I think I think the Mavericks is a, is a tough game, but definitely they could win that easy. And the Nets, they're going to beat the Nets. So Pro- Right, probably, which is why the, the Grizzlies winning this game is massive because yeah. if the Blazers had just won one, they would have jumped them. Uh, so I don't, I don't necessarily know that the Blazers will lose more than two games here, but I also think it's totally possible because the Mavericks have looked good. They just keep lo- they keep losing close games, and as much as it pains me to say it, Kristaps has looked good. Um, He's looked sick. He's been great. Get at it. All right, whatever. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> um, it's about Luca. But that's the thing. Okay. I mean, they're both playing well, and they keep losing. I mean, their defense really- sucks. Yeah, like they're the Mavericks, giving up so much. The Mavericks have won one game. They're they're one in three so far in the restart, and I guess that's fine. But there's a, I think it's reinforcing why they're the seventh seed. Yeah, they clinched uh, the title. Yeah. Like I don't think they're, I don't think they're expecting like a crazy year. I didn't even think they thought they were going to make the playoffs, or maybe they did. But I mean, like when you think about the Mavericks, and you try and put expectations on them from the beginning of the season, you don't really expect much out of a second-year Luka Doncic and a comeback Porzingis, right? You, you kind of expect them to be a 7-10 through 10 team, right? So, like, their expectations are right on point. And, I mean, it sucks they're going to have to play the Clippers, but they, they played the Clippers, and that, and that was a close game. So, like, they might be right. able to make the series interesting, but... I, um, I still think, though, the Blazers, the reason they were where they were when the season had ended... Um, in March, I feel like it was all injuries. It was circumstantial because of Nurkic being injured, Gary Trent. Yeah, uh, I mean, he he's blossomed and he's actually really good. He's been super consistent through the bubble, at least. I just feel like they're the team is way more solid than being a fringe eighth seed. Like they're way better than that. They're Which is why it sucks so much for the Lakers. <laughs> it's so like, bad. It's the- so- Blazers are so much better than their record with Nurkic back. Yeah, um, and Nur- I mean, between – I think Damian Lillard actually is officially back. He was a little slow in the beginning of the first couple games, but yesterday, 42 and 11 for 20 from three or something like that, um, maybe even less than 20 attempts. But um, Nurkic absolutely baptizing Bull Bull. That highlight was crazy. That ruled. Um, Bull yeah. got him back, but Nurkic moved out of the way. Yeah. I just think the Blazers are way better than what their record says. So it, it, they're going to they're going to definitely vault get the 8. So uh, I think Dave, I think Dave that's five. a good point. I think we're all kind of set on the Blazers being like the real threat here to to get the 8th spot. Who do you think forces the play in? Is there any scenario where you see where you see that it's not the Grizzlies and if it I, is who do you think it is? I want to say the Grizzlies, but we listed out the remaining schedule and I'm not I'm not confident in them to win enough. The Suns have looked crazy. Devin Booker's been really, really great. And as much like I don't want to see the Spurs make the playoffs only because they're without Aldridge, and I don't think the team they have out there is a competitive team. But like Popovich is a great coach, and they still have DeRozan, who we all like to 
kind of throw in the backseat and say like he's okay, but he's a really good player. So real realistically, it could be Grizzlies, Suns, Spurs. I want. I think the my personal opinion is just I want to see the Suns. So I think Suns Blazers. I love the Suns. Suns, I love the, Suns the Suns are so fun. They're so much fun, and honestly, they're not that bad. If they really did have Aiton for the full season, they might actually be in the conversation here. But they have to play the Heat, Thunder, Sixers, and Mavericks. Are they going to win enough of those to actually vault these other teams and force a playoff? Probably not. Uh, that said, I think they have a much better shot than you know probably the Spurs or the Pelicans. I just think Pelicans they have a are team. hot garbage. The but the Pelicans, Pelicans have are such an, an easy fury. I hate. Yeah, but it's they find ways to lose, and also like uh, with I mean Zion's out for the next game or whatever. Um, but I mean the way they're staggering his minutes just made no sense in the first few games, and he looked gassed all the time. And Lonzo sucks. He looks out of shape. Like I've I've always thought yeah. he looked like it, at Duke I didn't. At Duke I thought I was like okay this guy's a monster. Like he was kind of big and chunky, and I was like all right he'll lose weight. When he came back from the knee injury, I'm like, okay, he just had knee surgery. He's going to be out of shape and slow. He looks fat now. He just looks just genuinely tired going big. up and down the court. Like, he looks bad. <laughs> and, like, as efficient like... as he's been and he's scoring, it just seems like he's, like, chunky and fat. You know how, like, all NBA players retire and then they get super fat and then you see him on TNT, like, Chuck and Shaq? That's what Zion looks like at 19. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> But who am I to say he looks chunky? What do I look like? But I mean, well, as far as NBA players go, I'm not in the NBA. He is. Like, you would think that he'd be in better shape, and he's just not. He's dogging it up and down the court. And granted, when he does need to be explosive, he is, and he looks impressive. But then, you know, he's kind of walking up and down the court. You, you I mean, got to be able to put it together. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I, I also feel like he's clearly frustrated i mean there's a lot of the same picture of his facial expression when he's on the bench i feel like he's probably frustrated with the playing time where this pelicans team drafted him they're really excited about him but they're so afraid of him getting hurt that they don't let him play it's very strange it's almost i like get it you get yeah, go ahead you get the pelicans doing that i get, I totally get it. he looks so out of shape and gassed all the time when he's out there and he plays so explosively that i don't even know why they're playing him in the bubble like also they, what's the goal yeah, like, are they trying to make a playoff run? Like, I don't understand why they're playing him at all. He's very out of shape, and he's just an injury risk. Like, right. And it is. It's one of those things like, oh, yay, we got eighth and got crushed by LeBron. Like, what is really the goal here? There's no reason to be pushing him more than you have to. Like, I guess this is a good experience for him, and you run him a little bit, and they're more high-intensity games than normal regular season games. But other than that, you, you get an extra, You get an extra alternate jersey the next year. Oh, sweet. Come on. That's That's cool. Well, yeah, that's not enough to risk change, like derailing where that franchise is supposed to be going. Like you play him 15 minutes a game, and like he looks chunky, and that's going to be it. Like, and then hopefully next season he's not. But I think that's if you're going to be realistic with yourself as the Pelicans, that's kind of what it's got to be. And I hope maybe Brandon Ingram does something, but tonight will be the first test where you see them without Zion. So who knows? They don't. I think Brandon Ingram's a very good player. I think Lon, like Mark, you said Lonzo. I think he said he's hot garbage or sucks ass. I actually really like Lonzo. I think he's a good defender. And when his jump shot falls, it jumps, you know? It never falls. You'll be waiting all day. It will never fall. I I love Lonzo. Like, uh, I loved him on the Lakers and think that he was unfairly shot upon. But other than his, his three is the only place that he can score from on the floor. 
and that yeah. is really inconsistent. But he literally, if he's within the three point line, that ball's not going in. <laughs> yeah, it's it's either at the rim or a three point shot, and his three point shot is inconsistent right now. His form looks a lot better. Even it before does. we got to the bubble, he was still shooting a little bit sideways, but now I feel like he's really shooting straight on, which is good. And so give it another year or two just for him to get comfortable and you don't know where his three-point shot's going to go. And that'll, that'll open up more for him, right? So when he was playing in college, a lot of his inside scoring was facilitated by him drawing defenders out to the three-point line. So, and you think about guys like Pat Bev has made a really good career at 6'1", playing defense and shooting threes. Lonzo Ball is 6'6", and does the same thing. So he may never be the star you want from your number two pick, but he'll still be a really great player. I agree with that. I think LaMelo is going to be the best ball when he gets drafted by the Knicks in two weeks or three weeks, whatever the, <laughs> the lottery is. Deals, what are the Knicks? We don't have to go that deep into it because I'm sure you'll do it on a later F, but are they guaranteed like a one through three pick? Like, no, there's a chance they fall to nine. So oh, I mean, obviously that's Mark. what's going to happen. <laughs> yes, obviously that is going to happen. I've been braced for it. Although I was reading tweets today, and this is the only tangent I'm going to go on with the Knicks. Alfred Payton, the past two years, has been on the team that has gotten the number one overall pick uh, in the Suns and then the Pelicans last year. And Julius Randle, in his first four years of his career, the team he's been on, so the Lakers three times and then the Pelicans once, went second, 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 first. So the Knicks are almost guaranteed a top two pick at this point. That's just by the. That's why we signed them. That hot garbage on the court was so he'd get the first or second pick. This is what happens when you're a Knicks fan. You just start it's to depressing. I'm draft. a huge loser. But you all right, so, so, now, so looking at not to just to distance myself from the Knicks and that embarrassing comment I just had, I'm imagining no one envisions the Kings getting up to speed here, even though I uh, think are they losing to the Nets right now? Yes, they are losing to the Nets. So yeah, they're they're doomed. I don't even want to waste time with them if everyone is okay with that. Mm-hmm. Also, the Grizzlies, uh, in the same way that Zion, every time he moves, I'm terrified he's going to get injured. John Morant only lands on one leg every single time. Every and time. He's, he's going to Derek Rose himself in like a year. And I love John Morant. I think he's sick. But he, in the same way Zion, like anytime they move, I'm terrified. It's scary. Yeah. The it's other thing that we kind of overlooked here when we were talking about the Grizzlies was kind of in the same vein. Jaron Jackson Jr. is out now. He it tore sucks. his meniscus, I think. And like, he was looking great, too. He was he looking was. good. Yeah, and so that's another reason why I just don't have a tremendous amount of faith in them, and that's why they just beat the Thunder by – or excuse me, they beat – no, they're, the third quarter's ended, but they're up by 20 against the Thunder. So maybe they can make something work without him. I just think probably not. And then, yeah, if Zion – or if uh, Jabarant lands wrong, it's bad news because he is so reliant on that explosiveness that he could absolutely just blow out early on. So – with that, I think that's a good summary of what's happening at the bottom of, of the West. Mark, thank you for joining stop us. Trying to, stop to trying around. to get me out of here, man. Well, Cut I don't know out. if you want to stick around, if you're horrified about what's going what's on the next? Here. What's the next topic? I don't like. So I'm I want to transition I, now because we've kind of just dominated the Western Conference a bit. I want to switch gears and look at kind of the middle of the East since things are kind of settling in there. And I specifically want to talk about Ben Simmons's injury and what that means kind of for really more the playoff picture than anything else. Luke, you're shaking your head. I, I, like, Simmons getting injured is low-key a blessing for the Sixers. And I wouldn't because, say that. 
I wish I wish I wish people could be on our Zoom because Luke just said that and me and Mark at the same time go. The lift the lift goes up. So so don't get me wrong, Simmons is a great player, and I think Simmons adds something to the Sixers that nobody else can. But if it's just Embiid or it's just Simmons, the Sixers are a better team. When you have Simmons and you have Embiid, there's all this whose ball is it? No one's shooting, you know, there's not right, enough it's space a space for both disaster. Of them. But when you just have Embiid out there, it allows you to like if they had a little more depth, it would be like they're set, it's done. But they don't have that depth. And so it'll hurt them a little bit when they don't have Simmons out there, but it says like dump the ball into Embiid, Embiid's gonna get us a bucket. And then on defense, we, you know, we still have Embiid down there blocking shots, and we just have to make sure we're fighting over screens to prevent three-pointers. So, I mean, you throw an Alec Burks out there instead of Simmons, you gain a little bit of three-point shooting, you lose a little defense, but at the end of the day, you're still a very good defensive team. You're still very big if you want to play Horford, Harris, Embiid, uh, Richardson, right? Like, those are all big guys, and they'll, they'll guard two through four. All of them can guard two through four, and then – Obviously, Embiid is a center, and Richardson could probably guard point guards and things like that. So, I mean, yeah, you lose something with Simmons, but you also gain a little bit more chemistry and continuity. So, I just think looking at their roster right now, like, and I have it pulled up, like, who do you start now? If you take Simmons out, who do you put in? Horford? Because that has proven to be a train wreck. He does not work next to Embiid either. No. And so, does that mean you you just go smaller? Do you play, do you put Harris at the four? And just play who's smaller. Their, who's their backup point guard? Who's, I mean, Shake uh, Milton is starting point guard. Yeah. And then, they, honestly, they, their they, backup, they're probably just staggering the two of them, I think. I don't necessarily think they have a true backup point guard. It's Shake, it's Shake Milton, uh, Josh Richardson. I can't remember his first name. Yeah. Josh Javon Richardson. Harris, power forward is going to have to be someone else. And then uh, Embiid at center. So, I mean, who, who do you – you bump? I think you bump Harris down to the four. And you put in Alec Burks or Furkan Korkmaz at three. I guess. And you get a little more shooting if you put in Korkmaz. That's what Not I mean. that I love Burks, him. I Burks didn't... is a good shooter as well, but Burks can also take people off the dribble, which is why I think you put him in the starting lineup. It's it's interesting. It's obviously not promising, though. Like I, If I'm the Sixers, I'm not – like this is a worst-case scenario for me. I you don't, don't want to lose him. You don't want to lose Simmons, yeah. But I still feel halfway decent about what team I can put out there. And if, I mean, if Brett Brown is smart about the rotations, I think they'll be fine. I, I still think they can be a competitive playoff team. Maybe they're not. That's a, a huge team, if. Like, Brett yeah, Brown yeah. is such a uh, goddamn clown. People, I don't know how much people are going to trust Brett Brown. He, yeah. I, I don't trust him with anything in the world. I don't, but I do think that you can just let Embiid go. The same way we were saying that Anthony Davis should have just gone off against the Lakers or against the Rockets. Off. Like, like, like it, it, he would happily go for 40. Okay. There's no excuse. If you just feed him down low, he's going to do well. And like, maybe that wins. Maybe it doesn't. I don't, it's probably the best formula you have right now without Simmons. Like you don't really have someone to facilitate an offense as much. As I like Tobias Harris. Like he doesn't scream that well, he hasn't all season. Embiid is still a good passer, right? Which is like, you just play a post-centric offense now. You dump it into Embiid. If they double Embiid, they'll find a shooter. If you can't find a shooter, you move the ball and you you make the defense scramble. You get a bucket, and they can do that. They're like, if they put in someone like uh, Alec Burks in, they can they can scramble a little bit. All of them can now dribble. Like that whole team, including Embiid, 
can put the ball on the floor and dribble. So, so tonight is going to be the first test of that because they're they're playing the Magic tonight, which they are a pretty balanced team. And granted, they have bad injuries themselves with Isaac and Aaron Gordon hurt. But I think it'll be a good experiment where he's going against Embiid is going against a stronger center in Vucevic, and they can kind of experiment a little more and probably still win. But that said, looking at the rest of the Middle East here, so say they say they end up in sixth, which realistically seems like the most likely scenario. Maybe they vault the Pacers. They're only a half game back there. If you're them, would you rather play the Boston Celtics or the Miami Heat if you're in five or six? What do you guys go first? I know who I'm going to say. To me, it's like they're going to get spanked either way. Like, without <laughs> Simmons, it's just like – and even with Simmons, I just it's such a weird Sixers team, and like especially like their home versus away record. Like, they're just so up and down, and Brett Brown is asleep at the wheel all the time. Uh, I'm just like – it's just such a, a weird team. See, I don't yeah. think they're just going to get spanked. Maybe I'm crazy. And the other thing is that it, it does seem like Simmons is going to be out for the first round at a minimum, and he'll probably be available in the second round. But I think if you're them, you want to play a less complete team. Like, you want to play a team with a, a hole. The Heat, to me, don't feel like a team with a glaring hole. They're just, they don't have as much star power to necessarily get them over the hump. The Celtics don't have a center. It's almost like a match made in heaven for you to actually want to play them. If I'm the, if I'm the Sixers right now, that's my goal. Get to play the Celtics and just let Embiid just destroy Tice and Cantor. Because neither of them are great defensively and can't handle them. Tyson's seems like a no-brainer to me. And, like, I could see Tobias Harris guarding Jason Tatum well. And they, they do play well defensively. They're not deep, but the Celtics aren't deep either. We've talked about that. Yeah, like, if you're in Brad Wanamaker minutes, it'll be a problem. Exactly. That's why, like, I think them falling in at six and not having Ben Simmons might be the best thing that could happen to them. Like, I could see them upsetting getting through a first round and then – you're probably ultimately going to have to then go play the Raptors where you'll lose. They but are, you win a series. They are not going to beat the Celtics. Like, I don't know why. They're not going to beat the Celtics. The Celtics haven't looked but, great either. But, but they, they're not going to beat the Celtics, but they weren't going to beat the Heat either. So, like, I don't think – I think they would have lost either way. I think I agree with you that the Celtics are probably a better matchup. It's a more hopeful matchup for them. But I think Jason Tatum and even Jalen Brown wind up – Overpowering every other position that isn't Joel Embiid, you know. Uh, I think same with Kemba. I think you don't think we're gonna get the Horford revenge series? No, <laughs> just spank the Celtics. I know for disgracing been, we've been, him. We've been waiting for the Horford revenge series. That's what we season. need. Yeah. Horford is off for like fifty a game. You never know. But, but this is—he's been saving it all season. The other thing that I think about the East is that. The, the Sixers dropping to the sixth seed is the best thing that could have happened for the Heat as well. Like, I don't think the Sixers would have beaten the Heat, but I think that would have been tough for them because Bam's undersized. I think they, I think this could be a serious road to the Eastern Conference Final for the Heat, to be honest. I think they match with the Raptors really well if they can get by the Pacers. They were up by 20 to the Raptors and blew it. when they No, they'd, they'd play the Bucks or the or whoever's at eight, which will probably be the Nets. At the four five, am I mistaken? Yeah, one eight. Uh, I'm wrong. It's four five in the second round. I'm wrong then. They can't get to the Eastern uh, Conference Final then. Nope, they're toast. Oh. But I'm glad you brought up the Pacers because we have to talk about TJ Warren just a little bit. What <laughs> the hell is going on? I don't understand it. We were joking on Sunday about how he scored 53 or whatever, and he just keeps doing it. Granted, I think last night he didn't have a good game against the Suns, but 
still. Like, he is on a mission right now. And the Suns might. I saw a report that Sabonis is nursing, like, a foot injury, but he's trying to come back for the playoffs at some point. If he's there for the first round, which I don't think he's going to be, it might be more like second round, is there any chance they can advance and maybe see some Sabonis action? The Pacers advance to the next round? Yeah. Do you think that they can get through the heat, realistically, if they fall at five? I I think Jimmy Butler owns TJ Warren a little bit. They, they have <laughs> <fight>. <laughs> And so I think I think when Jimmy Butler matches up against TJ Warren, I think I don't think TJ Warren's going to be the bubble goat he's been. So, like, it's blasphemous. I don't think that's blasphemous. I think Jimmy Butler's going to come out and be like, "You literally cannot guard me, and I'm going to lock you down." And like that's just Jimmy Butler in the Heat. So I do think we're underselling the Pacers, though. Like they the Pacers have are very good. Like TJ Warren is really more of an afterthought on that team. They have so many other weapons that we're not mentioning. Brogdon, Turner. They have a Turner, Old Depot. I mean, the fact that Old Depot is the third one out of our mouth is the fourth, including Warren, is pretty Oladipo, scary. Yeah, but Old Depot hasn't looked good for most of the season. Plus, you don't really know where his heart is. So, like, I think Old Depot is a good player, and I think he's out there playing as hard as he can for his teammates. But at the same time, I like you think about KD leaving the Warriors, like, his teammates weren't happy with him, even though. There were just rumors at the time that he was leaving, right? It, it still puts a little bit in your chemistry. So, yeah, we say Oladipo, but he hasn't looked good when he does play. Or he hasn't looked like Oladipo when he does play. And then, you know, are his teammates 100% on board with him? That's the other thing. So, Yeah, and uh, also there's, like, church bells going on outside. I don't know if that's going to be in the pod. They're going to be probably, but. Can we edit louder church bells in yes, over please. the top of that? <laughs> like deafeningly loud. We always we always needed background music, so maybe uh maybe steeple bells will be good. But um, just, yeah, capture the the crossover between the basketball and you know religious markets because that's that's exactly what we're going for. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if Leaf is a consistent guy in your rotation, which he is for the Pacers, TJ Leaf's not bad. I'll die but, on that hill. He's not but, bad at basketball. Like, but I think he could be a valuable piece on a contender. There, but he's, he's Leaf. Like, you know? But here's the thing. If you're the Lakers, would you not take Leaf? If you're the Lakers, you take anyone. Like, yeah, see, exactly. Absolutely. They, they have no <laughs> doubt whatsoever. Leaf Lakers could help the Lakers win a championship. They, the Pacers yeah, just don't have enough on the trades. top. Leaf yeah. is valuable. Like, I don't I don't like this Leaf. TJ, maybe I, two minutes last game. Why are we saying he's part of the rotation? Oh, That's a good point. He didn't play that much last game because I saw I was watching one Pacers game, kind of side eyeing a, a Pacers game, and saw that he was just on the court a lot. I was like, the guy from UCLA. Oh, wow, but it, that might be um, unwarranted leaf shade that he's, I only, he's been. He only he only plays eight minutes a game. Valuable minutes. Lakers would take him in a heartbeat. Yep. He's not the bad Lakers, though. I'm looking at his career stats. The Lakers, the Lakers needed Darren Collison. Yeah, yes. they really did, but Scientology kept him instead. Uh, That's yeah, yeah, exactly. Lakers are gonna they're gonna get bounced in like the second round. It's gonna suck. Probably no. Um, but anyway, looking looking at the NBA now, I'm I'm checking the scores again. We have the Nets up on the Kings and the Grizzlies keeping their lead over the Thunder. So it looks like that's gonna stand. I don't think a tremendous amount will change in the last four games for the middle of the East because there's probably not enough variability. That said, I do think 
the Sixers have a lot they need to look at. Uh, and I think they need to experiment with a lot of different rosters. And that starts with the game, their game that kicks off in about 20 minutes. But I think it'll be a wide open Eastern Conference for some of these teams, at least in the first round. Because if a team gets hot, they can absolutely, they've shown they can go off. Look at the Suns beating all these good teams. So I think that, at least for myself, I can confidently say that I trust the Embiid Sixers coming out of, potentially coming out of the East if they can find oh. some stroke of genius. Yeah. Oh. That is a right. guard. Oh, no. It's almost as bad as your haircut, Mark. Almost as bad as your haircut. The Embiid and Simmons, the Sixers coming out of the. Oh. It's, well, Simmons will come back. Uh, they will well, get yeah. Fox if they don't have Simmons. Sorry? They will right, get but he'll be back by then. I'll, I think I it's know. possible. Do you I'll trust the Sixers hill. medical staff to really do a good job handling this? <laughs> no, I don't. But they, you know, he, you got to trust the process. Surgery or something like that. So their their rehab is supposed to take some time. So, I I don't want to go on any longer because I feel like we've kind of glanced on everything so far. One thing I do want to hit back on is at the end of last our last show on Sunday, we went over just the slate of Sunday's games before doing it, and I wanted to point out that Michael and I tied at four and two, and Luke was two and four. So if you go back and listen to our previous episode, because you were so inspired by how good this one was, you could see- No one is jumping in now and then catching up on, I don't think this ages that well. I don't think anyone's going to start here and then work their way through. I don't know, Mark. (laughs) Whoever from the Carpet Emporium that you bring on to listen to your show might want to go listen to the previous episodes. Yeah, I'll definitely pass this out of work. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) You guys guys Um, want to predict the last three games today that haven't started yet? Oh, yeah. God. These games today are absolute garbage, but sure. Uh, the three games that haven't started are Magic Sixers. Sixers. Who do you guys like? Sixers. I don't know. I am so out on the Sixers team. Like, I don't understand why they don't just go home now. Like, if you don't have Simmons, just <laughs> mail it in. Like, what are we doing? So you're going to pick the Magic over the Sixers? I'm picking I'm picking the Magic over the Sixers tonight. Oh, my God. No. I'm I, 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 I guess I'd take the Six. Look, I've been driving the Ben Simmons hate train for decades now. Like I, I, <laughs> I don't even know. And now he's gone. This is your time. <laughs> he's got, yeah, but I mean, like, I think both Luke and Matt at one point have said, like, them losing Simmons is not the worst thing in the world. And I've just, uh-huh. like, my, my, I, I'm just shocked. I'm, my jaw's on the floor. I just he's their <laughs> second depending on how you look at it best player second I think Embiid's better um but I, I just think they're just so much worse without him that uh yeah I mean they could totally get bounced in the first round and right. you have Brett Brown coaching is Brett Brown gonna do a good job like filling the hole in the rotation probably yes. not no I have no faith anyway no. Pelicans Wizards this is just great and a Zionless Pelicans team tonight I'm still going Pelicans. Yeah, Pelicans. I want to hope the Wizards can win, but I just don't think they can. They're so bad. No, I'm going Pelicans. I think we we agree here. Yeah. And then the only good game of the night and potentially the second-round matchup in Western Conference, Raptors-Celtics. Who do we like? I think the Raptors take it. Yeah, I hate the Raptors. Like, uh, if the Lakers on the off chance make it to the finals and they face the Raptors, they're a terrifying team. Also, I hate Lowry. That thing with him and Aaron Gordon. I, I mean, oh I, my I, God. I've hated Lowry for decades. I was the I was next to Mark Stevens when they shoved him on the bench when he was uh, playing the Warriors. <laughs> oh my God. It was me and Mark Stevens shoved him. Uh, Lowry is just like a he flops a ton and is a dirty player. You know, do I think a Warriors minority owner should shove him? No. 
but should he not have? Oh my god! I'll let history decide. <laughs> this is the first time we might have to cut something egregious out of this podcast. Leave it in. Um, <laughs> I, I oh, mean, Larry, no. I, he's an infuriating player, uh, and I despise him. I mean, and that's and, what this Raptors team is. They're all infuriating. Like they're all just yeah, they're so great. annoying at every position. Even like Marcus Saul to Kyle Lowry, every position they're just annoying. This game, I if, I like the Raptors in this game. This game, if it was a high stakes playoff game, would be such an awesome one to watch for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the Raptors are going to win too. Yeah, I think the Raptors are going to come out of the East. Wow, just, they they look so good. They and do I'm, look I good. don't I don't fear the deer. I'm not afraid of I'm not afraid look, of Milwaukee. Okay. Giannis will not allow himself to get walled again. I don't know. I, I until I feel, he does is the thing. I don't know. And Nick Nurse it rules. Um, you know he they got to carry rule. the dead weight that is Kyle Lowry. But other than that, there there's no holes in that team. I love Kyle Lowry, so I can't believe you're trash. Spice him. Literally uh, yeah. on our last episode, Luke was saying his player comp is Kyle Lowry. So you are just you're not Brutal. only insulting Kyle Lowry, you're just hitting Luke in the face right now. The Aaron Gordon thing was so funny because that was uh, objectively a cheap shot that got Aaron Gordon injured. Yes. And Aaron Gordon was furious at Kyle Lowry, and Kyle Lowry responded like with his hotel room number. I know. Um, which is, it's, that's really funny, but it's also even funnier when you commit a dirty play that injures a guy and you are like, you proceed yeah. to talk trash. And like, you're the one who would probably get your ass kicked if he showed up at your hotel yeah, room. Yeah, if Aaron door. Gordon showed up at your door to beat you up. <laughs> it's just so, it's like he ran someone down with his car and then it's, got out and like stopped. It's spat. not the fact that he would get beat up, it's the fact that he didn't back down. Uh, you see, no, Luke no. is going to get we're, the next O'Connor family basketball game. Luke is going to start having fist fights with our Uncle James. No, Uncle John, <laughs> bro, be, Uncle John will get out there and start saying something that I can't handle. Enough. And that's it. Just dirty shots. Break your dad still doing that. He's still doing that push up challenge. Oh, hopefully not. <laughs> thank, it's been long. Yeah. I was going to comment. I was going to start some beef with him. Um, you should have. Me, me and Mr. O'Connor have kind of a history. Um, <laughs> But his form is pretty <laughs> wide on those push-ups. It's impressive that a man in his pr- presumably 70s is doing that many push-ups. <laughs> but very, very wide. And that's I fine. You know, hope he listens to this podcast. <laughs> I want you to play this. Like, I'll make sure he it, hears it. Take your phone, put it right up to his face, and go, uh, hey, hey, Mr. O'Connor, you remember me? It's, it's your worst nightmare, buddy. <laughs> get, get, get me and Mr. and Mr. John O'Connor in a room together. Star of the Irishman, John O'Connor. Get him in a room with me. And, and we'll do push-ups. We'll do a push-up battle. <laughs> yeah, nice. Oh, I'll God. That is the last push room up. I want to be in. Oh, I'll push-up battle him any day of the week. Oh, God. All right. If well, I can before, this gets, form. before this gets any worse, I think we should probably end it here. Uh, thanks, everyone, for, for joining in and listening. I hope you enjoyed our, our horrible first guest, Mr. Mark Pump. Um, yeah, it didn't go as well as I fi- wanted it to. If you have any film work or film editing, go, go find them. Mort Pond. Um, but anyway, thank you for, for joining us, uh, and we'll be back as the, the restart continues. <laughs> <laughs>